Hey, this is Jason Robinson, the senior pastor at Church of the King, and I am so pumped up that you are hanging out with us today on our podcast. I pray that God really speaks to you today and that you are inspired and encouraged to take on this life for Jesus. I want to encourage you to go on over to our website at cotk.org so you can keep up to date with everything going on. But you can only learn so much through a website and a podcast. Man, we'd love to meet you. Man, come check us out on one of our weekend services. Uh, You can see all of that online as well. So God bless you, and I hope this word ministers to you today. Oh, man. I got to tell you all something funny. Pastor Jason, uh, first of all, I'm thrilled to be here and so excited that this is one of the funniest things. So Pastor Jason, when did you preach it in Mandeville last? It It was a couple... Mardi Gras. So I was out of town and I was watching online. And one of the funniest things I always say is this statement. So he gets up here and he goes, well, I know what y'all are going to say. When Pastor Steve introduces me, he always says the story about somebody that came to church one day and said, hey, I know what type of church y'all are. Y'all, y'all, y'all hire just your family. All, it's all a family. Everybody's just on staff as a family. And and, 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 and Jason said this, he said this on Sunday. He said, uh, he said uh, yeah, 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 uh, that, that's what we do. He says, uh, but then I said, which I always say, uh, have you ever seen Pastor Jason? <laughs> Pastor Jason is part, excuse me, to all honor to Pastor Jason's parents and heritage. He's part Hispanic, French. Middle Eastern, I'm not Italian. I said, I said, ma'am, I'm an albino. I don't believe that we have any, uh, we, we, we have any blood heritage, but the fact is I am so proud of Pastor Jason Robinson and Stephanie and who they are, and this church is amazing, and we are so grateful to be connected to them. How many of y'all appreciate Pastor Jason and Stephanie? Come on. And Stephanie's parents, who we deeply love, who we deeply love, and they're just so amazing now. And uh, I just want to say this. You, you guys are so blessed. And uh, Pastor Jason, when he picked me up this morning, you know, you always know when a pastor loves the church that he leads uh, because he's always talking about what God is doing in the lives of people. And uh, it's interesting. I, I, I had an opportunity, by the way, to go by. I want to say this, to go by uh, your new building. How many are excited about that new building coming? Come on now. Very excited. Very excited. And uh, just incredible, incredible right there. I'm not sure what that highway is or whatever. Just incredible. Future home of. I mean, just absolutely awesome. And uh, it's always wonderful to be able to come into an environment like this and you're in the back and you see all the different things and people putting out chairs and, and the freshness of starting off. And it's exciting. And, 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 and you always think about the tech people and the sound. How many of y'all, pre- listen, I just out of just sheer honor, can we honor all the tech people that make this happen every week? Come on now. All of you guys that are on the setup crew, I just want to say this. You're not going to know what to do with yourself in six months. Because there's some people, what time do they get here, Pastor, on Sunday? Six o'clock. Any, t- any setup crew people in this service? I don't know, because they're, thank you, thank you, thank you. Come on, can we give it up for the setup crew folks? Let me tell you what happened. When I went over there today, let me tell you, just spiritually, and I make something just kind of weird out of this, but in a sense, in a sense, uh, you guys are pregnant, pregnant with opportunity, pregnant with new possibilities of what God is going to do, what he is doing, but what he is developing, because something, something's about to be birthed. 
If that goes out, I can use the mic. It doesn't matter. Something is about to be birthed in an exciting and a dynamic way. One of the things I found out, though, is every single time, listen, every single time, we have four children, and uh, every time we were about to have another child brought into our home, there was great excitement, but there was necessary adjustment. I'll never forget when my second child came into the home. Uh, I have this study because I'll just do the handheld. As pastors, we have something that we love, and that's books. Come on, how many of y'all know what I'm talking about? We have Bibles, we have books, and I had this front, I had this front room in my house. Hey, that's good, Pastor. This is a church. Hey, listen, this is, this is how it works. Come on, Pastor Jason. I got power. I sound like T.D. Jakes. Praise God. There's an increase of God's presence. Oh, man, that's awesome. I may go to a microphone for now on like this, but it's interesting. So my wife comes to me, and, and we're getting ready to have my second child. And she goes, Steve, you know that room in the front room, that, that bedroom that you, that, you, uh, that you like for your study? I, you like your study? I said, honey, listen, I hear from God in there. That place is amazing. Listen, and she goes, that I decided actually is going to be Conrad's bedroom. I said, that's not God's will. She says, no, it's my will, and we're going to move it. Come on. How many know your wife's will stronger than God's will? Guys, don't lie. You know exactly what I'm talking about. Everybody say adjustments. You know, just in the natural, in the same way, in the natural, there's adjustments when new children come into a home. In the same way, there's adjustments in our lives when God wants to do new things in our lives, when God wants a new adjustments of our attitudes and our mindsets and our perspectives. There's adjustments in a church when God wants to do new things and, and, and breathe new life into situations. There's always, there's, it's always, it's full of opportunity, Pastor Jason. It's, 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 it's full of excitement. And there's a, there's a, there's a, there's a fire. There's an enthusiasm, this, the presence of the Lord in this worship and how God is using Pastor Jason and his messages and how God is encouraging all of your lives. And, and God wants to expand that. And God wants to grow that in your life personally, in your family, and professionally. But in order, listen, in order for us to grow, there's adjustments. It's painful. This guy came up to me recently and I said, man, I didn't know how many children y'all have. And, and, uh, and he goes, well, we've been pregnant. And that's what he said. This, I, I got it wrong in the first service. He goes, we have three children, but we're pregnant again. He said that. I said, well, she's pregnant, but I understand the participant. I get it. I get the whole thing. I mean, you know, they're getting ready to go through an adjustment. In my prayer time this week, I was asking the Lord about something uh, related to my marriage and my, and my wife. And I, 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 I think that I'm a decent husband. I know I've got room for growth, but the Holy Spirit, Pastor, he's been putting his finger on areas of my life where, where, where I've overreacted at times where I've not been as calmed and absorbed what I needed to absorb, and I've allowed circumstances at times to buffet and knock me around a little bit too much. And here's the deal. The Lord wants to bring my marriage to another level, just like God wants to do in our lives. How many know we ought to end up 2019 more in love with our spouse than when in the beginning? In the end of 2000, we ought to be growing, just like in our relationship with God. We ought to be growing in our relationship with our spouse, for those of you that are married. But here's the thing. It's going to take some adjustments. We, we've got to make, listen, we've got to dial in on some adjustments. And I'm going to tell you, it's painful at times. It's painful at times when God starts getting into your stuff. How many know what I'm talking about? 
When, when God starts talking to us and God starts dealing with us, but God is a God. Listen, God does not change. It's called the immutability of God. God is the same yesterday, today, and forever. But at the same time, God is always doing something new in us. He doesn't change, but he wants us to change. And the Bible says in Isaiah chapter 43, this is kind of a theme scripture uh, that we're going to use, then we're going to get into Matthew in just a moment. Here's what God says in Isaiah 43, talking about the nature of how God wants to do something new in us. Behold, I will do a new thing. Now it shall spring forth, shall you not know it? And I will even make roadway in the wilderness and rivers in the desert. God says, I want to do something new in your life. I want to do something fresh in your life, fresh in your relationship. Listen, fresh in your soul. Some of those old habits and, and hang-ups and, and some of those old hurts that you've been carrying for, a lot, for, for, for years, you brought it from one decade into another decade. God says, I want to do something new, and I want that habit and that hang-up to not go into the next decade. I, 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 want, I want a clean break. How I many know 2020 ought to be a clean break for some of us? And some of those things that we've brought for 10 years and 20 years and, and, and some of us even 30 years. And God says, look, I'm going to do something new. Paul the Apostle, who I love, I, I, I love, he wrote two-thirds of the New Testament, St. Paul. What a great man. And, and how Paul is always grappling with the reality of, 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 of letting go of, of the past and pressing on to his tomorrows and his future. Here's one of the things I've realized, that, that if I'm always carrying my past into my future, it weighs me down. It weighs me down. If you're always operating with the coulda, woulda, shoulda mentality, well, I could have done this, or I should have done this, or I would have done this. Listen, I believe that God wants us to learn from the past, but we don't stay in the past. God wants to do new things, new things in your soul, new things in your family, new things in your relationship, new things in this church. Pastor Jason, I believe you and Steph, that God wants to do, this, this has been an incredible three years. You guys have loved this cafetorium. You've loved the smell of it. I remember the smell, but I mean, you know, God wants to do something new. Come on, can I have a good amen? God wants to do something new. We appreciate all that God's done here, but God's got new dreams and new plans and new opportunities for this church. Paul the Apostle said it this way in Philippians chapter 3. He says, forgetting, watch this, I love this. He says, brethren, I do not count myself to have apprehended, but one thing, everyone say one thing. Now this is important, the one thing, one thing I do I forget that which was behind me. In other words, I'm not going to stay there, but I'm going to reach forward to those which ahead. In other words, I'm going to honor my past, but I'm not going to stay in my past. I've got a future. God has a future for you. God has something new for you guys. God has something new in your relationships. God's got a newness. I, I love January when people start, you know, we're going to work out. I'm going to save more. I'm going to give more. I'm going to do this. I'm going to do all the, how many know that ought to not just be January 1, but that ought to be every day as we wake up. The Bible says in Lamentations, God's mercies are new every morning. And as a believer in Christ, there's a certain expectancy that, that, that I'm going to tell you something that's so powerful. I've had, I've had a number of, of, of older people in our church that have passed away, and, and one that passed away this last year. He died more excited. He was more in love with Christ, more in love with Jesus, more in love with his wife, more in love with his future. How many you know for the believer, the, 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 the pull towards our future, when you die, you just step from this life into the next? In other words, there's an excitement in the heart of a believer. 
that God's got great things ahead for us. The best is yet to come. But we've got to be willing, listen, we've got to be willing to make adjustments if we want to go into what God has for us tomorrow. If you have your Bible, I'm going to ask you to open up to one scripture in the book of Matthew. I want to teach a concept. I'm going to give you a couple things, and then we're going to build on that. Matthew chapter 7. I want to talk to you today about how it is that, that our role in making room for increase. What is our role as people? Matthew chapter 9, verse 17. Here's what the Bible says. Nor do they put new wine into old wineskins. Now, this is a parable. I want everybody to understand what Jesus is doing here. I want everybody to look at me just for a second. What is a parable? A parable is a teaching of Jesus in the Gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, where Jesus would often use common things. For example, he would talk about the seed and the sower and the soil. These are, these are, he would point to different things. And well, What was the seed? The seed was an analogy to the Word of God. What was the soil? It was, re, it was reflective of the human heart. Who was the sower? Christ himself. So he's talking about the sower, talking about the seed. So, so this is a parable where it was taking common things that were in culture that he would extract to teach a spiritual principle. All right? This is one of the most powerful parables in the Bible related to how Christ wants to do new things in our hearts. But there's a part that he does, but there's a part that we do. Matthew chapter 9, verse 17, the Bible says this. Here it is. So Jesus is teaching. He's teaching his disciples, and he says, nor do they put new wine into old wineskins, or else the wineskin break and the wine is spilled, and the wineskins are ruined. But they put new wine. Everyone say new wine. They put new wine into new wineskins, and both are preserved. Let me talk just a little bit about what I believe the Lord is teaching right here. He says, when you have new wine, so here's the concept of new wine. New wine is unfermented. And wine, how it develops, for those of you that understand the process, it, is, it, is, it, is it develops, and as it ferments, it actually expands. And what Jesus was saying is that you don't put new wine into an old wineskin, because if you put new wine into an old wineskin, when that thing expands, it's going to bust the wineskin. See, an old wineskin is brittle. It's hard. Listen, it's got ruts. It's got routines. And it's got rituals encrusted in it. Did y'all feel that? It's got, it's, got, it's got ways of doing things and containing things that it can't contain the new. Because uh, remember what a wineskin is. A wineskin is an animal skin. And they would have these wineskins that, that, that once the wine would be used and poured out, they would often just sit there for a while. And for those of you that have ever dealt with leather products, it's really interesting to see uh, someone, how they tan leather, how they, 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 they put that. It's really powerful, Brother Larry, how they, how they put and they, they work that, that skin and they work that skin and that's that new skin. And there's an elasticity to that new skin. And when they get it right, now they're able to pour, watch this, they're able to pour the new wine into the new wine skin so that when it expands, the skin expands with it. But if the skin doesn't change, if the wine skin doesn't change, if it's old and it's brittle, watch this, it'll bust and the newness of the wine will be lost because of the oldness of the skin. Man, you got to see this. 
So what was Jesus talking about? Here's the interpretation. He's saying, I'm presenting a gospel to you, a new message to you, and the message of forgiveness, the message of the grace of God, the message of the power of the gospel. You can't put the new message of the gospel into the old wineskins of the sacrificial system in the Judaic law. Are you with me? In other words, when I come and I die on the cross, you can't put that in the old wineskin of how the Hebrews did it and the Jewish people for years, and they would sacrifice a lamb and a sheep. And In other words, no, 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 guys, you understand that God is wanting to do something new through my my life and my death and my burial. And as he does that, there's got to be a new wineskin to contain that. Here's the application. Whenever God wants to do anything new in our life, in your marriage, in your soul, in your attitude, in your emotions, guess what he does? He starts challenging. God does the new, but we've got to respond. It's God's initiation, but it's our responsiveness. to. So in other words, Pastor Jason, we've got to be willing to grow. We've got to be willing to expand. We've got, listen, if not, guess what? If we're hard and if we're brittle, we listen, we can break and lose what God wants to do. Man, how many of y'all, how many of y'all, how many of y'all don't want to lose what God wants to do in your life? Come on, are y'all with me? I, I don't want to lose it at all. I want to contain it. I want to contain what God's doing in my life. I want to contain what the Holy Spirit wants to do. God wants to do new things in your life personally. God wants to do new, new things in this church corporately. The problem is our wineskin. The problem is, is can we contain it? Can we contain what God wants to do? Are we willing to stretch? Are we willing to allow God to work in us, in our mindsets, in our belief system? Are we willing to allow God to do in us what's necessary to do in us in order to contain what God wants to do through us? In other words, let me just say this. In other words, this is a, listen, listen, I know it's going to stretch you and push you a little bit. In other words, in a sense, in a sense, in a sense, we are the ones that actually can limit what God wants to do in our lives. Now, I know some of you think, oh, theologically, that's not true. You can't limit God. In a sense, I understand God is the creator. He's the almighty. But I mean, you know, you can limit what God wants to do in your life personally. The Hebrew people did it all the time. It's called hardening your heart. That's why the admonition was, do not harden your heart. Do not harden your heart. What is it? What is it? When you restrict and you, and you, and you push God out. I mean, you know, we all have a tendency at time to, to say, God, you can have this, but you can't have this area of my life. Let me, let me show you guys a scripture. Man, this scripture is powerful. The, the, the Bible says in Psalm 78, matter of fact, we're going to read this together. All right, I want all of us, every single person, we're going to read this together because we're talking about wineskins. Everyone say, wine. And say wineskins. The wine represents the new thing that God wants to do in your height. The wineskin represents your mindsets, your attitudes, and your willingness to receive and to be stretched to contain what God wants to do. Look what it says right here. Yes, again and again, they tempted God and limited the Holy One of Israel. We're going to read that together. You guys ready? One, two, three. Yes, again and again, they tempted God and limited the Holy One of Israel. Pastor, Pastor Jay, are you saying to me, is this word saying to me that I can actually limit what God wants to do in my life? Do you know Mark chapter 5, the Bible says that Jesus went into Capernaum and could do no mighty work because he, what, marveled at their unbelief. How many times has God wanted to do something in my life? in my relationships, in my marriage, with me as a dad, with my kids, or as a leader, as a pastor. 
Man, I shudder to think about how many times it was that I, I don't want to be the cap. Listen, I don't want to be the cap in your life. I, I don't want to be the cap of the people that I preach to. I don't want to be the cap in my family. Come on, guys. I want to make sure that my faith is strong. In other words, I want to make sure that I receive. I want to make sure that I'm willing to stretch. And I'm going to tell you, it's painful to stretch. It's painful to grow right here. It's a stretching. It's a growing process. I, I, I want to make sure that I'm never the person that sets a cap on what God wants. It's a be, beat unto you. How many times in the Bible people got healed? And Jesus has the power, but we've got the receiver. Is our receiver, listen, is our receiving uh, listen, if, you, 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 if you've got a, a, a storage of water that, that, that is a thousand gallon uh, tank of water, if you just got a little gallon receiver, the problem's not with the source, the problem's with the receiver. Are you, are you with me? Uh, the, the problem is not with this, the problem's with this. Listen, I want to I enlarge my receiver. I want to enlarge my capacity to receive all that God wants to do in and through my life. Let me give you three things and then we'll close. Three things that I believe that God wants to do to expand our capacity as a people, as a family, and our personal life, professionally, those of you that, that maybe lead businesses, God, listen, God wants to expand you. God wants to, uh, God wants to move you out. God wants to do things in and through you. You've got to be willing to allow him to do it. Let me give you three things. Number one, we're talking about wineskins right here. I think the first area that we need to be open to allowing God to stretch us is We've got to make room in our thinking and our believing. One of the greatest places that we can limit God and, and our potential is the realm of our soul, our mind, our will, and our emotion. Scripture says, and God reminds us over and over to challenge us with our thought process. Listen to what the Bible says, Isaiah chapter 55. So number one, we're talking about wineskins here. What is our role? This is God's role. He's the source. We are the receiver. We're talking about three areas that we need to be willing to grow. Number one, first one, is in our thoughts. Look what the Bible says. God says, for my thoughts are not your thoughts, nor are your ways my ways, says the Lord. Watch this. For as the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways and my thoughts and your thoughts. I had a person recently talk to me about uh, God, and, and this is what they said. Jeff, they said, well, you know what, time out. And they were talking about, they knew I was a Christian. And they, here's what they said. They said, well, you know, you know, Christians, they got to kind of catch up. Listen to this. Listen to this statement. They said, well, Christians, they've got to kind of catch up to where culture is. In other words, they're thinking in the Bible. And after all, I mean, there's antiquated portions of this Bible. I mean, this was written 2,000 years ago, the New Testament, 3,000 years ago, the Old Testament. And after all, you know, it's, it's, it's got to catch up because culture is changing. And I said to them, I said, wait, time out, time out. We're not trying to fit God into culture. We need to fit culture back into God. In other words, I'm not, listen, I'm not trying to get God to think like me. I want to think like God. Are you with me? The Bible says God's thoughts are higher. God's thoughts are greater. Listen, my thoughts are small. My thoughts are inward. My thoughts are selfish. God's thoughts are big. God's thoughts are strong. God's thoughts are generous. We, we, number one, we've got to allow the Holy Spirit through the power of the Word of God to challenge our paradigms and our thought process because there's areas. Question, is there areas in our lives that, watch this, that our thoughts may be pushing out God's work in our lives? In our thinking, in our believing, we've never done it that way before. You never know. Oh, pastor, you know what? Nobody in my family is going to college. Or you know what? Nobody's ever owned their own business. Yet you know God's putting on your heart to step out and start a business. But yet in your mind, in your mind you think, well, and God's talking to you. I'm talking about wineskin right here. 
I'm talking about God speaking to you, God's pressing you, God's pushing you, but in your mind, you're like, well, no, that's not, that's for somebody else, Pastor Jay. Really? Well, the Holy Spirit's talking to you. God says, my thoughts are not your thoughts. I'm not trying to get, listen, you shouldn't try to get your thoughts, listen, superimposed on me. I'm trying to get my thoughts in your brain. I want to think like God. I want to believe like God. It's funny, my, my wife and I were recently talking about something, and there was an area in my marriage, Stephanie, I'm going to get transparent here, okay? There was an area in my marriage I just realized I was just selfish in. I just realized, and it was, it was, it was, it was, it was, and I had Pastor Randy Craighead, who's a, who's a, actually he's a lot older than me on our staff, and he's, well, he's older, but anyway, so, and, and he talked to me, and he gave me one thought, listen to me, one biblical concept, I want everybody to hear me, that one biblical concept got into my thoughts, and I thought that thought, and all of a sudden, it started changing something in how I relate to my wife. Are y'all with me? Do, do y'all see how that works? It takes one thought, one thought. God says, my thoughts are higher, so they're coming from up, down. Anything comes from down, up, we don't like that. We like down, we, we like up, down. Are y'all with me? We want it coming from heaven, not from hell. So, so I want to get my thoughts aligned with what God says about my, my future, with, with, with my finances, with my friendships, with my kids. With my marriage, one thought, one thought, change something. One thought, change. One thought can change something about you. One thought God can put in your heart. One truth can just revolutionize. You're stretching your wineskin. Man, I've gone to preaching something about this mic. Praise Jesus. My God, I'll line everybody up in this church. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I apologize. Y'all did it. Y'all gave it to me. I brought my own mic. I'm sorry. All right, here we go. Oh man, there there was this, this story about this couple who um, they 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 built this nice sweet home and it's so precious. They were so excited about it and they were sitting in the kitchen having coffee, and they looked over at the wall and there was a crack in the wall, and they thought, oh man, it's cracked. So they called the contractor out, Jeff, and they, they said, well, we gotta we gotta get that wall. And so the sheetrock person came out and the subcontractor and fixed all that. Next you know week, they're just enjoying coffee and just looking out. It's a sweet yard, just a whole thing. Six months later, same thing happened happened three times finally they came out and they realized that the way that the foundation was poured it shifted in such a way that the problem was not with the wall but was with the foundation see our thought process you may not think it affects your heart but your thoughts affect your heart because what you think about long enough affects what you believe are you with me and that's why we need to think god's thoughts because they're going to make it into your heart that's why paul said it this way romans chapter 12 here's what he said i love this scripture he says, do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed. Everyone say transformed. It's that Greek word metamorphosis. It's that where a caterpillar goes to a butterfly. There's a transformational nature, right? We all took sixth grade science. We know what happens there. It's that word, but be metamorphosed. Go through that process. How do you do it? How do I change? How, how, listen, how does God change my wineskin? How does God affect? Because I want to receive more from God. How does God do that? He wants to transform you. How? By the renewing of your mind so that you may prove what is that good and that acceptable and perfect will of God. I always 
It's always amazing to me when somebody comes up to me, Pastor, they'll say, well, you know what, man, this thing that they discovered out here, it's amazing, this, this thing in science. And I always, it, I'm always amused by when, when science, and I appreciate all, we have smart people in our church, people that work for NASA, all these brilliant people. You know, just, I mean, I have a liberal arts degree, which means nothing. And so all these smart, no, seriously, I mean, I, I wrote papers and talked. Like my mom told me when I was little, I could tell you, she, my, brother is a, my brother is brilliant. He's like a genius. And I, she goes, you've just got a good personality. So anyway, <laughs> that really encouraged me. I don't know if you said that, Miss Sharon, to be your kids. But she goes, just make money on your personality. But anyway, <laughs> and so what was my point? I forgot. Um, oh, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I remember. I remember. So, so people will come up to me in church and they'll say, man, this is really, or they'll send me articles. And I never forget somebody gave me this article. Watch this. Now, I know some of you smart people know exactly, particularly medical people. Neuroplasticity. Neuroplasticity. And what it was all about is there was an article. on You know, we have what's called neuropathways, neurons, right? We understand all that. Side. So we have neuropathways. And it's interesting if you can look at it and how it's diagrammed, how you form and disconnect. Now, how thought patterns are developed in the mind and how the grooves are developed in the mind. And here's the cool thing that the article said. This is so powerful at the end of it. <clears throat> you can change your pathways. Science just discovered in the last 30, 40 years what Paul told us 2,000 years ago. You can change your pathways by the renewing of your mind. And the reality is when you change your pathways, guess what you're doing? With the truth of God's Word, you're expanding your wineskin. That's why I have a promise book. By the way, if you don't have a promise book, you need to, you need to walk. Hey, Pastor, how do I do that? As I speak the word of God over my life, what am I doing? I'm like that tanner, T-A-N-N-E-R. I'm tanning. I, 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 you know, that tanner who, who, who pushes that, that, that and, and, and puts that, that, that uh, all of those ingredients on that leather, and they're pushing it out, and they're, and they're making it. You know, you know what? When I speak the word and I memorize scripture, you know what I'm doing? I'm the supernatural tanner working with God as God is trying to get my thinking and my believing and my expecting in line with what he wants to do in my life. So number one, I've got to expand my thoughts, my mindset, my beliefs. Number two, I've got about five or six minutes. Stay with me. Number two, the second thing that I need to make room for is I've got to make room in my relationships. Every growing healthy church has a stream of new people into it. In my life, personally, I'm 50 years old. In my life, personally, it's, it's tough at times to, to develop new friendships because we kind of get settled in. We kind of like, man, look, I got us. Look, I'm, I'm, these are my buddies, and we hang out. But, but, but yet God does not allow us. We're talking about wineskin issues here. God is the one that does the new wine. We're the one that expands to contain the new things. How many times in relationships God wanted to bring somebody new into your life as a friendship, watch this, for you to add value to them and for them to maybe add value to you. But you said it's us four and no more, and I don't want to do it. It takes energy, and oh, my gosh, and I was with that person once, and, the, and yet God is trying to expand you relationally. Now, there are some people that have never developed friendships past high school. They've got the same friends. They don't develop any friends. They've got a little Uncle Rico spirit. Anybody know what I'm talking about? Did anybody see Napoleon Dynamite? You know what I'm talking about. He's still got that football. Some of y'all still pull out your high school football pictures. I'm sorry. I don't know why I'm saying this. But anyway, 
God wants to expand you. You get in a new church like this, it's like, my gosh, there's so many new people, and they're coming to hear Pastor Jason and the worship and all this stuff, and, 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 and there's a challenge there. It challenges, it pushes against ways of thinking and ways of believing, and it's a little uncomfortable sometimes. All these new people, it, it, it's, it's the way that God does it. Change is a reality. I wrote this down. We either change or we become a victim to change. We, 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 we need to change, and we always need to be growing, and that's how it works with church. I had a person come up to me one time. I said, I, I mean, how long have y'all been in that small group? This person in our church in Mandeville said, Pastor, we are so close. We are so close. I said, well, how long have y'all been in that small group? Ten years. Those same four people have been in that small group for ten years. My gosh, y'all know, y'all know too much about one another. My Lord. There's something unhealthy up in there. You know what I'm talking about? It's like, how many of you know you need some new folk in there? Some people that don't know Christ that you can help. Here's the greatest way. I had somebody tell me once, Pastor, I'm not ready to reach out to people. I've got hurts. How many of you know you get healed by helping hurting people? Getting your eyes off yourself onto somebody else. Sometimes one of the greatest ways to get healed is you find somebody else out there more messed up, more hurt. And if you don't know them, Pastor Jason will introduce you to some. Are you with me? That's how it works, guys. And in church, there's always a tendency. I mean, my gosh, you know, you, 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 your church is growing. There's always so many new people in here. There's always new people and new friends. And they're, honey, honey, come here, 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 come here. There's a new person sitting in our chair. We sit in the same chair every week. Honey, honey, listen, I receive from God in that chair. Can you please talk to them? Honey, we can't do that. This is a new person. I don't care. Listen, I, God speaks in that chair. How I many you know that chair? Listen, that God is bigger than that chair. Okay, are y'all with me? God's bigger in that chair. And the, and the fact is, God, listen, let me give you the third and final point. We've got to make room for your new church home coming. Let me tell you something. When that new church comes in, there's going to be 200 new people day one. You don't know any of them. And you're going to walk around. You're like, wait a minute. Where do we drop off our kids? Where do we drop off our kids? I love the old place. Even though it was a school and it smelled, at least I knew where we dropped off the kids. Come on, are y'all with me? I mean, I just know that, and it's cafeteria food. I know they left some of it in there, but we just pressed into Jesus, and the presence came down, and we held our nose. But I just, if it was familiar, Pastor, there's going to be 200 new people. I remember we opened up our new building in 2013. I walked in. I told Randy, I'm like, who are these people? He goes, I don't know. I said, you go talk to me. He goes, you're the pastor. Are you with me? There's like all these new people just everywhere. We're talking about making room, and I'm telling you, in six months, listen to me closely, in six months, here's an exciting, a little bit scary thought. There's going to be hundreds of new people the day that you open that building. And you want to know why? Because some people just don't want to come to church and to school. So they're going to come to that building, and listen to me closely. We've got to be willing to make room for new people. Are you with me? New people, new relationships, new opportunities for us to grow. Somebody came to our church. I said, Pastor, we were in our church, Jeff, and you, you and Lynn. Jeff and Lynn came from Mandeville. They came to they, 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 this couple. Jeff, you actually, I think you may know this couple. But, but when, they, when, they, when they came to our church, they were so excited about our church growing, they gave money to the new building. But when they got in the new building, they had all these new people. They thought, I'm a little bit uncomfortable with the size. 
uncomfortable with the size. Weren't we praying for new people? Didn't we give for new things? Didn't we do all that? How I many? We better not put a stop on when God says. You better not put a red light when God says a green light. Are y'all with me? If God tells you to go, you, listen. If God tells you to go, it's because He wants you to grow. Stopping and staying stagnant is death. In church, in your life personally, in your life mentally, in your life physically. Let me tell you something. Atrophy is not a virtue of the Spirit. Man, that was good preaching. I just came out. I gave it as I was receiving it from heaven. Are you with me? God wants us to grow. That's why and I, I, I'm not trying to hide. I am so grateful for Jeff and Lynn Wiley, who are part, listen, who are part of Mandeville, and Jeff is... He's much older than his beautiful wife. But anyway, so I sat them down five, four or five years ago, and I said, I'm asking you guys, would you take this assignment? This is a business couple. They own things. And I said, would they consider? And they picked up roots to come to this place in order to grow, and they made room in their hearts for you people. How many of y'all, God has done great things in our lives. Thank you guys for doing that. Now, let me tell you this. Maybe God's not asking you to move to a new city. Obviously, we want you to stay here. But God's asking to make place in your heart for all these new babies coming into the kingdoms, coming up soon. These new friendships, new neighbors, new things. So what have we said? Number one, here's what we said in conclusion. God wants to do new things. Everybody say new things. Number two, it's our responsibility to stretch and grow to receive what God wants to do. In three places. Number one, in our thoughts. Number two, in our relationships. And number three, listen, in our new church home. Pastor Jason and Steph are going to ask you guys to do some things in the next couple months. You guys are going to need ushers, new greeters, new children's workers. Come on, are y'all with me, some of y'all? We're going to have to have new things, new, th- new parking lot people. How many you know parking lot people are from God when it's raining? They're out there, you know, parking lot, and they've just grown in the fruits of the Spirit. You better move in here quick in Jesus' name. Can we give it up for all the Dream Team volunteer people? Come on, at the church. Matter of fact, I'm going to ask everybody to stand. I'm so excited for you guys. Man, I'm fired up. Come on up here, Pastor. And I want to just say this, and I hope this is okay for me to say this. I want to thank all of you that have been sacrificially giving. Come on up here, Pastor Jason. I want to thank, he didn't ask me to say this. I hope I'm, am I okay saying this? I want to thank every single one of you that have been sacrificially giving to that new building. And I didn't say this in the last service. I'm telling you, it's going to be worth it. New people are going to get saved. New people are going to get born again. Marriages are going to be healed. Lives, teenagers are going to go on fire for God because of your sacrifice. Here's what I found out. Every time we've added a seat at Church of the King, God's added a soul. Just remember that. I want to thank you for your generosity. Father, we thank you. We thank you for what you're doing, Lord. We, We never want to be the cap, God. We never want to be the one that sets a limit on what you want to do in our lives personally professionally in this church. God, I as a pastor, I don't ever want to be, I don't ever want to be the cap. You want to do great things at Church of the King in Mandeville. You want to do great things here in Katy, Lord God, through what you're doing in this church. Lord, let us not be the cap, Lord God, for the new people that you want to see in this house, reaching people and building lives. Lord, I bless your people. May the favor and grace of God be upon them as they stretch to receive more of you, God. In Jesus' name. And everybody said, come on, can we give the Lord a big hand clap? Can we do that? We love you guys. So proud of y'all. God's doing a great thing. Thank you, Pastor Steve. Thank you. A couple things, and I'll let you guys go. First off, um, Pastor Steve, I'm going to text the executive team.
you need a you need a handheld microphone because something happened. I there there was an unction that came upon you, man of God, and it just got, it got different. It was good. So no. And then the second thing is I needed I need to dress more like that. I I I feel I'm being strange. I gotta bump it up a little bit, huh? So Pastor Steve look good. So now y'all think I'm good? I'm good. All right. Anyway, so hey, thank y'all so much, Pastor Steve. Thank you so much. Such a timely word. Such a great word of us just uh, just stretching, you know, stretching. We have to be more committed to our future than our past. We have to be more committed to the future that God has for you. Hey, guess what? If you're not dead, God's not done. There's more. There's new. There's God has that for for us. And uh, you know what? Hey, let's let's expand and open our hearts for what God wants to do, and let's enjoy the ride all God's going to do. So let's just pray. Father, I thank you so much for this day. Prayer team, I ask you to come on down in just a moment. If you need prayer, we'll be here with you to pray for you, believe with you, anything you need. Father, we just come right now as a church and I'm just asking, Lord, that your spirit would come down even now. It's already here and you stretch our hearts. Stretch our hearts and our capacity to love more. God, stretch our hearts and our capacity to have compassion on those who don't know you, God. Father, I pray that as, as new people come in every, every single week, God, and we see new people, God, that Lord, the excitement would build in our heart, Lord. Because, Father, you bring in more people in, Father. You, the lonely are finding family. The lost are being found, Lord Jesus. And you're using us for that. God, eternities and legacies will be changed forever because the people hearing me right now said yes expand me Lord Holy Spirit expand expand my thinking and my thought Father I pray a blessing over your people right now I pray your favor would surround them as a shield that this week we'd be a light for you with all we do we'd extend your kingdom in all we do we'll reach people and we'll build lives Lord God and we will be careful to give you all the praise and all the glory. We love you and we honor you today in Jesus' name. And Church of the King said loud and strong. And God bless you guys. We love you. If you need prayer, our team's up here. Other than that, y'all are dismissed. Y'all have a great weekend.